Chapter 17 Elf Roundup and the Virgin Mary The summer weather and the aggressive activity of the government ensured that change was in the air for all of us. We were all abuzz about the new and fearless chief detective in Reggio who was determined to clean house in the south of Italy. The news read much like scenes from The Untouchables as the chief stood against some of the biggest families in the area. Our new administrator, Octavia Vattori, was a part of that, since her presence with us was all due to the arrests of the original management who went to jail for suspicion of mafia ties. There, I said it, the M word. I never mentioned any of this around Matteo, who refused their very existence. Octavia insisted that we pay all administration fees to her directly instead of Roxy. I had to assume that we were in competent hands because none of us had any choice in the matter. She didn't care if I parked outside of my house in the driveway, in case you're keeping tabs on that. Also, she did have the light fixed at my end of the driveway. With Octavia, you had to pick your battles. If it works, you just had to move on to face another day. With the economic crisis raging through the world, we each had to come to terms with the fact that we were all in this situation together for a while. No one was going to sell their places anytime soon. We were the fortunate ones. Our portion of the compound was composed of mostly finished places that could be used. Some investors had to wait while their investment remained in limbo, as the Elf Roundup was raging throughout all areas of southern Italy, headed by the fearless detective nicknamed Italiano con grandi testicoli by the Irish. The unfortunate investors had to watch while their unfinished cinder block vacation homes sat open to the elements, hosting owls, lizards and the occasional goat. At least the unfinished portion of the complex allowed the oasis to take advantage of a popular local law, which states as long as a property is unfinished, no property taxes are to be paid. This accounts for the many unfinished properties that can be seen as you drive along the coast. To avoid taxes, you simply lived on the ground floor while the upper stories remain in a wooden framed state with tar paper on the roof. Despite the glorious sunshine and our efforts to enjoy the seaside, the roundup was taking its toll. Many locals were afraid to proceed with some of the tasks that kept things running in the town. At this point, no one would be digging the sand from the access road, and we each had to travel with a shovel in the back seat of our cars. Because of the stalemate in construction, most of the improvements could not get done. The state of things in the area felt grim, as several businesses had to close from the flood, and many could not open because the owners were otherwise occupied. One afternoon, the Danish were preparing a family picnic. Since vegetables in the area were hard to get hold of because of the flood, Johanna's father-in-law decided to drive to Reggio for supplies. We heard sirens on the main road and traffic started to back up. I could see the emergency vehicle lights from my rooftop. It turns out that a truck came around the corner and slammed into his car. He was killed on the spot. As I had said, the Danish took death in stride, but this was too much. We all felt the tragedy like we were deserted on an island with no flare guns or lifeboats to save us. And we needed to be saved. The next day, I drove my car to the end of the driveway, got the shovel out of the back seat and started shoveling so I could get out. Just then, Glenda came from under the railroad tunnel with her Fiat. She almost hit me. She jumped out. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. 
I'll help you. She went to her car to get a shovel. When she returned, she was also holding a flyer. Fergosto is here. And she waved a flyer at me. My heart was still racing from almost getting hit by her car. Really, Glenda? I sighed, exasperated. As I shoveled, I was thinking, I've had it and don't want to hear one more thing about this crazy place. Then she said just what I wanted to hear. We need something to help us and this is it. A blessing. She waved the flyer again until I took it from her. It read, Bianco Festival Fireworks featuring the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hmm. Mary is coming to save us. It's about bloody time. Then she said, If you touch the Virgin as she passes through town, you'll be granted a wish. Sweet relief. I'll be there. Then I thought to myself as I shoveled, I have only one wish that would do any good. Please, Mary, help me unload this albatross before it sinks me. I kept shoveling. August 15th is a national holiday in Italy, and it couldn't come too soon for our hearts and minds. The Virgin Mary is held high on local shoulders as they proceed to the town shoreline. As a blessing to all, Mother Mary bounces along above the heads of the many crowds. Stores would open that day to take advantage of the huge crowds that gathered. There we were as the sun was going down in Bianco. All the oasis was there, crowding the streets with everyone else. It was a bad year and we all wanted divine relief. Johanna handed me a scarf. Wear this, it shows respect and we want Mary to hear our prayers. You better believe it, sister, I said and tied the babushka on my head. I know, I look like Sister Katie, but we had needs and they sure as heck were going to be met. The Virgin Mary was making her way in our direction. Did I see Chanino carrying the Virgin? No, never mind that now. Here she comes, Johanna said, and lunged into the crowd with a scarf on her head and outstretched arms. I followed suit. We were tossed to and fro. The sounds in my ears became muffled. Sailors, grandmothers and children grabbed at the Virgin. I saw flashes of torchlight, swarthy faces, tattoos as I rolled forward. My arms were outstretched. Must touch that wood one more inch. I stretched, leaned, elbowed and grabbed just like everyone else. Hey, if this was my way out, I was taking it. What have I been reduced to? And then finally, my hands swiped her. I touched the wood, the painted light blue wood of the Virgin's gown. At any rate, mission accomplished. It was exhilarating. She continued down the street. Then sound returned to my ears again and I heard the sweetest singing you can imagine. It was beautiful. Joanna joined me. Wasn't that crazy? Yes, I said a little out of breath. She watched the Virgin as she turned the corner, high atop the processioners. I hope it helped, she said, and removed the scarf. Me too, I said, and untied my scarf. Let's watch them put her in the sea and we walk behind the procession to the shore. The men, including Chanino, walked her out to the waves. The fire torches reflected in the water. It was an image that was 600 years old. They dropped her into the water along with our hopes and prayers. I just knew that this would help. I felt it. That night, they had the most resplendent fireworks that I've ever seen. They started at 1 a.m. We kept awake, wandering around the markets. 
Even the Africans made it over with their beautiful and exotic hand-carved goods. There were street stalls with a huge variety of food. We chose various delights, not missing out on the amazing gelato. We were hopping around like crickets, happy to try it all. I was glad that the elves refused to let the roundup dampen this celebration. They were the only ones who could have afforded such a display, but no one cared. We just celebrated the blessings that would undoubtedly come with hope that the future would be brighter for everyone. The next day, we heard that 30 elves were arrested in the town hall of Reggio. I took it as a sign that the Blessed Virgin was working overtime and that maybe I was next to receive her saintly attention. <laughs>